to the table, to the table right now. Expect him to wrap his arms around you. Come on. Welcome, everybody. Do you believe that? Our 
welcome to the presence of the lord welcome to our sunday worship gathering with a little twist today how are you doing my name is israel Siave. welcome to kingdom culture on a sunday afternoon and for the first time in a long while welcome to sunday afternoon um among other places from my home studio uh, service is going to go a little bit different today. Uh, we have our Nottingham and Sheffield family gathered in the city of Nottingham. And if technology permits, we will switch over there in a little bit. Uh, the plan today was to have a combined service, combined from me here in London and they from there. Uh, there have been some technical hiccups literally last minute in the last five minutes while we were uh, just putting finishing touches and trying things out. Something happened over there. That means that they cannot broadcast to you at the moment. Uh, they're going to do their best and see if they can come online. But if not, then it's going to be you guys and me here just having an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. If there's one thing we've learned in the last few years, it's that the presence of God and his glory and fellowship can be engaged in a multiple uh, in, in multiples of varieties of ways. And so we're going to have church radio style today if we can't get back to the Nottingham service. And so right now, uh, this is a joke, by the way, but let everybody, well, let everybody know that we're live. And uh, you may just be having DJ Rev with you this morning uh, as we go into the word of God, prayer and the presence of the Lord. And so right now, I want you to lift up your hands uh, and just worship God with me. Uh, the song playing is one of my favorites in this moment of time. It is by an amazing worship leader of Nigerian descent. His name is Moses Akor. He is based in the Philippines, although he also spends time in Nigeria. And this is a set from a, a regular worship gathering that he holds in the city of Abuja, Nigeria, called The Soaking Room. And this song or this set has been a mainstay in my personal prayer time. As so you just lift your hands with me, just worship the Lord this morning. And just think through the words as you worship. Hallelujah, you have saved me. Hallelujah, you have saved me. And you're still saving me. And it is so much better when I do things your way. Hallelujah. You're my great defender. So much better. So much better. Maria Kovradasta Badiakeliata. Sante Buraile Eporondes Kitaminda Rahadi. So much better. So much better. Eshadia Akoba Baba Baba Basunta Rabahadia Kabela. Sebredoria naman javadi bele kuriata arbanande le brekoste brenti akwata naman tiele. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you praise today. Great one. Eternal one. Spotless one. Righteous one. Welcome in this room. Welcome in our hearts. 
so much better. So much better. So much better. When I lift my hands and I lift my life to you. When I give you the right of way. Yes, Lord. Shani Marakai Bahata. I know your ways better. Better, better. Shalavadori Panahate. Better, better, better. So much better. Yes, Zanan Talavadori Badadia Toman de Keti. Zavadabu, the Kebradosh Nahatila. Ayekorobobobo. Zikelebo Roko Brahaba. Le pronanta braco rebetaliata Zabu rabababa shababata Zebre conanta bracoriata Zebro coracata brados kebedi Jabranonte de broconanta bababariata Zebre curiata namaila uriebele conam radarietele Glory to the King. Glory to the King. Glory to the King. Glory, glory, glory. Pananto reketa finantwa. Shabarai kotobenetia. Samanto rokobenekela babata. Silebrodo nirimieke si bravo bobo uza bradara bababababantwa. Rekete vratori ekete bahiliata Rokori eberendo brukuria bababadwa Jebre konambre kiskebedi Father we welcome you today We welcome you into this place Eternal one Find expression. Find expression in all that we do. Find expression in all that we do. Find expression in all that we are. For it is unto you that the gathering of this people is so take glory be enthroned 
be enthroned in our praise be enthroned in our worship be enthroned in our affairs blessed be God blessed be God blessed be the one who always causes us to triumph blessed be the one who was is and ever will be blessed be the rock of our salvation blessed be the glory and the lifter of our hands blessed be the root of Jesse blessed be the ancient of days blessed be the ancient of days blessed be the rock in a weary place blessed be the fountain of life blessed be the father of all spirits blessed be the womb of the morning blessed be the day star blessed be the one who tells the oceans this far and no further to God be the glory great things he has done to God be the glory great things he is doing to God be the glory great things he will yet do now this morning I want this afternoon for those of us here in the United Kingdom but for those of you around the world it could be morning and evening wherever you're coming from if you're new let's know the comment section if you're not new still check in say good morning good afternoon good evening let us know where you're coming in from uh, to remind you our our northern UK family is gathered in Nottingham our London family is gathered in London under different circumstances we were supposed to be broadcasting from not in them we've had a little bit of a technical issue literally about 10 minutes before we went live and so i am coming to you as i was going to for the word today for my home studio but i want us to go into a time of prayer this morning uh for those of you who are not aware for those of you who are not aware today begins the first consecration journey of 2023 it's called Bereshith, Bereshith, it means beginnings. We have spent the last week at the week of apostolic emphasis laying a doctrinal foundation and we will move into the practicality this evening starting from seven. And so today for the next seven days we are fasting. Um, a fast is the abstinence as we define it so please we uh, we know there is a benefit to staying off social media and things of that nature but unless there is a, a a valid medical reason why you why you cannot fast that should not be your fast your fast should be that you put food down that you turn your plate over and my definition of a fast is at minimum that you skip one meal from what your normal daily meal routine would be so if you're like me and at worst at best you eat two meals a day it means you go down to one if you're a three square meal person you go down to two 
uh, I would really encourage everybody to try and go till at least 6 p.m. every single night this week, at least every single evening, every single day. If you're a grown adult, if you've been a Christian for at least two years, you have access to the Holy Spirit that you take at least the morning. You, you go to sleep at night, you eat your dinner, and then when you wake up the next day, you try and stick it out till at least 6 p.m. in the evening before you have your first meal of the day. If you can go through this seven-day period with at least one time, with at least one time where you don't eat for 24 hours, I, I would really encourage that. Try, try skipping food for many of you for the first time uh, for at least 24 hours, right? So you... You, you eat, say you eat tonight, Saturday, Sunday evening, your next meal would be, actually that's almost 48 hours, your next meal would be Tuesday sometime in the evening as well. Try doing that at least once. Why? Because fasting creates an environment in your soul, as we looked at yesterday in the Word of God, to turbocharge some spiritual activities. Fasting creates the environment where you can turbocharge some spiritual activities. And so we're going to be starting that today. And so I want us to go into a time of prayer right now and say, Lord, give me grace to pursue you and find you this week. Open your mouth and pray. Lord, give me grace to pursue you and to find you. Give me grace. Open your mouth, somebody. Give me grace. Give me grace. Give me grace. To pursue you and to find you. God, this week, this week, as we go into the place of prayer, help me to shut down distractions. Help me to close loopholes in the spirit. Help me to make contact with grace. Komante ble kurababo shakila baha semre kure babie kosiba atwanente bretia. Say, Lord, help me to come into a place of alignment with Your Spirit. Let the vestiges of my flesh yield, God. Let them yield as I make up my mind to pursue You. Let my soul yield in the name of Jesus. Let my humanity be broken. That the sweet savor of your divinity may come through. Help me make contact with you. Help me make contact with you, Holy Ghost. Let the heavens be open. When I come to the place of the altar, let me find Elohim waiting for me. When I come to the place of transaction, let me find Elohim waiting with me, waiting for me. God, if I press and you don't make yourself available, it will be useless. Let my effort be met and matched and exceeded by the rhythms of your grace. Open the heavens over me. Rain your glory. Rend the heavens. Rend the heavens. Rend the heavens. Rend the heavens, Lord. 
Shalabaria Korea Bata Aile Runde Sike Papa Rotela Aruban Zevretonen Tabua Rai Kabosa Vituria Tabania. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Shamai Koba Shamai Koba Eko Rabinukidi. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. Now, as I was laying before the Lord coming into this year, one of the things that I felt He really was laying on my heart. Uh, was that this would be a year and i think we shared some of this during the week of apostolic emphasis uh, this would be a year of visionary encounter driven spiritual activity um there's a difficult balance to strike in our generation between not worshiping the manifestations of encounters uh, because God doesn't need spectacular encounters to relate with us. So in essence, where we don't worship them to the point where they become our God, but also not despising their place in a healthy spiritual life and diet. This year, many of us are going to break into the visionary, seer, and encounter-driven dimension of the Spirit. We're going to interact with angels, we're going to have visions and significant interactive dreams. The supernatural will be open to our perception because there is a level of spiritual proclivity and sensitivity that is required to function in government with God at some level. There are things you can't just discern in your heart. There needs to be a, there are, there is a level of spiritual capital that an encounter can encapsulate especially in the area of grounding your faith and so i want you to lift up your voice this afternoon with me and say father this month this week and this year open me up to the supernatural open your mouth and pray open me up to the supernatural tell him open me up to the supernatural as i fast as i pray as I tarry and as I stay, open me up to the supernatural. Lord, open me up. Open, ask, 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 open me up. I want to see what the angels see. I want to hear what the elders hear. I want to sense and feel what the cherubs feel when they cry holy. Summon me, Lord into divine encounters summon me into council meetings open me up to interacting with the angelic let the veil be removed let the veil be removed in the name of jesus let my altar become a valid portal tell him let my altar become a valid portal let my altar become a valid portal 
let the atmosphere of my life become a magnet for the glory realm I want to experience the things that I have believed this year I want to walk in the experiential reality of the things that I have believed dreams visions angelic visitations manifestations theophanies visitations of the God of all flesh himself like Abraham meet me at Mamre like Jacob meet me at Bethel and Jabbok like Jesus meet me and speak over me at Jordan like Elijah meet me at Horeb like Moses meet me at Horeb like Ezekiel meet me at Kebar like Enoch, I want to walk like you, walk with you. Let me be caught up in your glory. Caught up in your glory. Caught up in your splendor. Let my worship become an open door to experience in you. Let the one I sing to make himself known starting today in this room now wake me up in the midnight hours and do business with me whisper in my ears that which you desire that I may partner with you to bring your agenda into the earth Thank you, Jesus. Kora Baba Basingere Dedi. Jesus fill us with water. Kora Baba Busada. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We worship you. We give you glory. Open us up. Starting this week to the realms of your glory. To the realms of your glory. Thank you. Thank you. Now I want you to open your mouth this afternoon and say, Lord, starting with this service, but over these seven days, release a clear an accurate proceeding word release a word that does all the things that we have heard all the things that we have heard in these last six days a word that takes a hold of me 
a word that brings me into the place of my future a word that purifies my soul a word that wrestles with me and upgrades my reality a rema with the capacity to help me attain to your logos in the preaching of your word in my study of your word in the fellowship with the saints cause it to break out cause it to break out in the name of Jesus thank you glory 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 and finally i want you to lift up your voice and say lord this service take your place let your glory be pregnant in this room even as we teach pray and fellowship let your glory be on display heal save deliver do the miraculous accomplish that it is which only you can do accomplish that which only you can do let your name be praised let zion take its place in the earth let the heavenly jerusalem become the center of gravity in this room for we have not come to a mount that cannot be touched but we have come to zion to an innumerable company of angels to the spirits of just men made perfect to a blood that sprinkles and will sprinkle today take your place and have your glory take your place and have your glory in the precious name of Jesus we pray somebody clap your hands oh you and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Isn't God good? He is good and his mercies endure forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome everybody to our Sunday worship gathering here at Kingdom Culture Movement. And as I joked earlier, today I will be
a character that we have not seen since 2021, one that was fondly known and widely affectionately uh, called DJ Rev. Uh, but jokes aside, uh, we will be no less, we'll, we will be experiencing no less of the presence and the glory of the Lord today. Uh, and I'm excited for all that God has to pour out in and through us. And so just a reminder, uh, our Nottingham family, Nottingham and Sheffield family, they're gathered there in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a venue fellowshipping with us. We were supposed to be broadcasting from there uh, with me coming to you with the word here from London. But a, a last minute technical issue means that they can't broadcast at the moment. And so I am holding the fort down. But God is good and his mercies endure forever. And we will enjoy the fullness of his grace today in the name of Jesus. A couple of announcements real quick. First of all, as we've said and shown throughout today, uh, today begins, or throughout the service, I should say, today begins a seven-day journey of consecration uh, to start the year. At Kingdom Culture, we call them consecration journeys to make the point that we're not just fasting and praying per se, but that we are going through a spiritual migration. We're going on a journey from where we are to where we should be it starts today at 7 p.m in the evening every night we'll be gathering and if you wonder what the difference is between the consecration journey and the week of apostolic emphasis it is very simple the week of apostolic emphasis which ended last night was primarily tilted towards laying a scriptural foundation so we go through apostolic doctrine we go through the bible we go through establishing the preceding word of the lord and then in this seven days we come to pray through what was established and so we will be praying as we fast and of course next saturday at uh 10 a.m in the morning we'll be gathering for 12 hours of prayer um we'll make the announcement by the end of the service hopefully i'm just waiting for confirmation from somebody real quick as to where we will be the odds are that we will be in the town of hollow so in the in the in the county of essex uh, but we'll give you the information before the end of the service by god's grace just waiting for confirmation and so that's announcement number one of course every day we will be gathering at 7 p.m to pray so uh please make the time we'll be coming to you on all the normal platforms now during the consecration journeys uh the the mode shifts a little bit in that we invite you to come and pray in the zoom room even though we will be broadcasting onto YouTube, Facebook, and all the other platforms as well. And so that Zoom link becomes very, very key for these seven days because that's where the prayer will be happening. Uh, I'm of the opinion that it is better to be in the atmosphere of other people praying than just listening by YouTube. And so we want to leave YouTube and Facebook for those who can't find us any other way. But for those of you who are part of the collective, the community already, Zoom is the place to be. Because trust me, that atmosphere is usually buzzing and electric. And I can't wait for us to get going today in the evening. In the video description uh, or in the description of the video, whatever platform you're watching on will be the details on how you can give. How you can give a tithe, how you can give an offering. For those of you who are Kingdom Builder partners who are just amazing in your sacrificial commitment to what God is doing through us, we bless you. Of course, you know if you are one of them where to find the details but they're also on your screen now and i want to take a little while to just talk about a couple of things real quick uh so first of all one second everybody 
So first of all, uh, for those of you who are not uh, who are new to the family, uh, there are several things that we give to in Kingdom Culture Movement. And I want to take five minutes just to briefly explain, first of all, our stand on the issue of giving and finances as a ministry and as a spiritual family, and also give you a little bit of a breakdown of the things we do. So first of all, we are unashamed about the fact that the Bible makes it clear uh, through the writings of Paul that it is a New Testament practice to give. Uh, first of all, the tithe is not a, a, a legal system. And so what it was in the Old Testament was a legal system of righteousness. In the New Testament, the tithe is not the legal system of righteousness. However, the tithe was instituted before the law of Moses. In essence, in the New Testament, the tithe simply becomes what it was in the days of Abraham, which is a faith-driven act of surrender and commitment by a man to God to say, you are my source and I believe that you will provide for me. In simple English, you will not go to hell if you don't tithe. God will not attack your finances. Uh, it is not a righteousness issue in the New Testament. What it is in the New Testament is an issue of faith and covenant. In essence, the tithe is the foundation of how God intends to relate with the believer in terms of giving and receiving. And Paul is very explicit in his writings uh, about the principle of giving and receiving. He speaks to the Philippian church and he tells them, no other church communicated with me like you. In essence, Paul is telling us that what you call the tithe, what you call an offering, is a communication. It's a conversation. In essence, when there is a financial covenant between uh, a people and a spiritual house system and leadership, it's a conversation. He says, you communicated with me. In essence, you responded to what I was saying to you in the word and in ministry. He then goes on to say, for this reason, right, my God will supply your need. In essence, there's a covenant there. Does that make sense? There's a covenant there. In Malachi chapter 1, the Bible says, bring the tithe into the storehouse that they may be meat in my house. And so one of the primary components or purposes of the tithe is that the people who serve in the house of God have meat. In essence, the tithe is used to provide for full-time ministers, for administrators, for, for things of that nature. Uh, but then beyond that, uh, finances and ministry go to things like uh, uh, administration, broadcasting, uh, uh, service in the local community. Being able to meet needs from the uh, of the less privileged in our midst, and here at Kingdom Culture, we have several things to which those resources go. Uh, some of them, real quick, in no particular order, we run an orphanage in the in the in the, in the county of Kisi in the nation of Kenya. Uh, this orphanage looks after at this point in time thirty children from the ages of roughly five six to children who are now just about going to university. Uh, we've actually successfully seen children all the way from primary school to university in this orphanage in the last eight years. Uh, and we look after their food, their clothing, their shelter, their medical expenses, everything. But literally their parents for all intents and purposes. Uh, we want this year to open another orphanage in northern Nigeria in the city or the state of Kaduna. However, we want to make sure that we have uh, a, a sustainable model to run both of them such that we don't rob Peter to pay Paul. So that's one of the things that your resources, your own allocateness, if you don't specifically state what it goes to, 
that's one thing it can go to, but it's also one of the things you can say, I want my I want the things I give to go towards. Uh, another thing is we have something called a missionary and full-time minister support fund. And what this does is that the few around the world, a few preachers who are not uh, connected to kingdom culture, they're not kingdom culture pastors, they have unaffiliated ministries that we have adopted to support. We want to make sure that they live lives of dignity, that they don't suffer and their families don't suffer because they have obeyed a call of God. Uh, and so on, a, on an almost monthly basis, we will communicate with them to the degree that we are able to raise the resources for. And it's something that's very dear to my heart because having been a full-time minister who didn't know where his next meal was going to come from sometimes, uh, uh, 15, no, 2008, so that's 13, no, 14 and a half years ago now, uh, I know where the rubber hits the road and it's very dear to my heart. Also, uh, it means that many of these ministries can actually function. Sometimes the money is used for things like holding services, uh, hiring facilities to meet, uh, paying their ministerial bills. And so for those of you who are part of that, we want to love you and say thank you so much for helping us bring dignity to the ministry. Also here at Kingdom Culture in the United Kingdom, we have opened up a building fund. We want to purchase over the next uh, few years, next one year if possible, but over the next few years, a property here in the city of London that can be not just a place to meet, not just a place for 24-7 prayer, not just a place for administrative impact, but also a community impact zone. We want to hold or have or build enterprise zones where young people and young Christians in the local community can run uh, enterprise from out of and get a leg up. We want to have space where other ministries and community groups can can meet and, and hire out and and use for activities that really impact the lives of people at the ground level. Uh, our target for that is about three million pounds at minimum. And so we are trusting God to be good to us this year. So if you have three million pounds lying around underneath your sofa, give me a shout. Amen. We know exactly what to do with it. Uh, and, and one of the final things I want to mention is our, our community outreach programs. We have over the last few years uh, done drives in, in feeding and uh, creating grocery bags and hampers for people in communities in different parts of the world. We have partnered with uh, counselors here in the United Kingdom uh, to run community drives to make the lives of the less privileged better. And was it yesterday the Lord was just convicting me? I watched something on YouTube about a, a, a group of people who went out doing some good to the homeless people in their community and I just felt this uh, tears began to well up in my eyes and I felt like it is a burden God is asking us to pick up in this season in an even stronger way and so uh, here in the United Kingdom in Kenya in Nigeria uh, and in different parts of the world we want to be more assertive with these kinds of community assistance drives we want to be able to show people God's love practically and then tell them what that love looks like theologically. Amen. And so these are some, not all, but just some of the few ways in which we disperse the things that you uh, send into this storehouse. But above all, uh, we are an altar that I think is unchallenged. It's unchallenged the fact that we're an altar, a valid altar where God shows up. And so when you send 
your seed to a valid altar where God shows up, a place that is not driven by greed and avarice, a place that is not driven by performance and by competition, but that is simply passionate about God's kingdom being brought to bear in the earth. There is a response from heaven. And I'm excited about some of the testimonies we've had over the last year of supernatural provision, of supernatural breakthrough. Uh, and we believe that God is able and willing to do even more this year. Thank you, Jesus. Alrighty, let's get into the word of the Lord. Just give me a quick second, everybody. Give me a quick second. But we I just want to put something up on my screen and we will get into the word of the Lord in a moment. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so let's go to the word of the Lord this afternoon. Get your Bibles out. Now, we've been teaching for the last six days, right? We've been teaching for the last six days on how to connect with the supernatural purpose of God for a new beginning. Um, and despite the, the very encouraging feedback that many of you have given me, I felt a little bit bad because I haven't been able to, due to me recovering from a health, uh, uh, a minor health skirmish, I haven't felt like I've had the, the strength, energy, and physical fortitude and more importantly the intellectual because you know when you're not feeling too well your your mind is one of the things that suffers uh fortitude to fully birth and deliver the fullest depth of what it was that i felt god laid on my heart to pour out now some of you have told me that you think it was awesome, so we give God praise. I trust that the Holy Spirit was able to breathe on my insufficiency to fully birth the spectrum of all that he had to give. But I am going to do my best today with the last stroke of the brush to bring this plane home. And I'm taking the time to say that because I am of the opinion that in the last five days, or six days, sorry, that I have preached, if not in delivery, but at least in intended content, the most important treatise of my pulpit career. I want to repeat. The delivery may not have been as awesome as I would have wanted it to be. So one second, Chrissy, if you're listening to me, it says routing on the left side. Look at the buttons on the left side so I can focus on this. But the picture you just sent me, look at the buttons on the left side and there is a button there, left side of the screen that says routing. That's the one you're looking for. And so like I said, um, even if I haven't 
given the best delivery of my pulpit career, primarily due to uh, my physical condition, the intended content has been, in my opinion, the most important for a variety of reasons. Number one is the fact that as an apostolic gift to the body of Christ, it is my assignment to bear in the spirit a specific message in every season from God to my generation. That's one of the, that is the primary function of the apostolic. It's not miracles. Every minister, every believer can work miracles. It's not revelation per se, quote and unquote, because every believer and minister has access to prophetic revelation. It is that the apostle is a man or a woman. And yes, I do believe women can be apostles, but that's a different story for a different day. Is a man or woman who is on an assignment from God. In every season of his purpose, there is a specific, discernible, clearly uh, communicable assignment that he is given for his generation. That assignment, that assignment comes with both a message, a lifestyle, and an attendant authority and power in the spirit. In essence, it is the assignment as delivered through the message and demonstrated in the lifestyle of the apostle that attracts the backing of heaven via the supernatural. So the supernatural does not make the apostle. It simply is heaven's way of validating the apostle if he is authentic to his assignment. And I say that to say this. When apostles preach, there is a strand in their preaching and teaching that is not common. I'll give you an example. The gospel of salvation is quote and unquote, not necessarily apostolic in its nature, in the sense that even though it was birthed by the apostles, in the fact that every believer can preach salvation. Every Christian can preach salvation. Every minister worth his soul should be able to go to the word of God and expound the doctrine of salvation. And so when God wants to quote and unquote, teach or bring men into a salvation experience, he does not need to raise an apostle in that season to do so. The raising of apostolic ministries and gifts are to deliver bespoke and specialist strands. In essence, things that are not common, things that are, are not they're not, you know, in the, the young people will call it the meta. The meta means what everybody, uh, the best practice, the, the, the generally acceptable way it's done. And so when you hear a true apostle preach, there should be something he or she says on a regular basis that makes you go, hmm, never heard that before. 
or never would have thought about that before, or even if I've heard or thought of it before, it's hitting me in a way that it's never hit me before. In this season of my life and ministry, the last six days have been the summary of my manifesto. This is the message or a huge chunk of the message I believe the Lord is asking me to come to the body of Christ with in this season. And that was partly why I was so pained that I had to start delivering it this year from a place of physical imperfection. The second half of that treatise is what we prayed about today, which is the reality of tangible spirit-led encounter interaction and feedback with God. And they go hand in hand. In essence, if you give yourself to the Logos via the preceding word, if you will allow God deal with you via promises and instructions, it will open you up to a dimension of his glory that then becomes practical, tangible, and demonstrable. As simple as it sounds, this is my campaign in this season. This is what I am called primarily to bring to the body of Christ. The teaching, the preaching, and the demonstrating of this is my proceeding word as relates my ministerial assignment. And I believe it's the most important of my life because there are realities available in this season that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and it has not entered into the heart of man concerning. We are about to walk into a season in history like no other. And only those who truly know their God, both by experience but also by correct teaching, training, which we've been trying to do, will do exploits. It would be heartbreaking to have lived in these days about to come and not have fully entered into the economy of what God has on offer. So please, please, please give me your ears as I attempt to wrap up the curriculum for this week. This is the last teaching session before we begin the consecration journey prayer sessions tonight every night our prayer curriculum will be to enforce what the teaching curriculum was the last two and a half years of teaching everything we've learned at the quorum and at the gathering the worship at the weeks of apostolic emphasis the kingdom all everything has been building to this moment. It is time to demonstrably walk in the reality of all that we have learned. Come with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is G or Matthew chapter starting from chapter 5 the sermon on the mount is Jesus's political manifesto 
Jesus has come to establish a kingdom. He's not a spiritual leader per se. He is a royal slash political figure. Of course, now the, the nation he represents and operates in is a non-physical one. But these are the words of a leader, of a ruler, of a governor, if you will, laying bare his manifesto. Now let's take a quick whistle stop tour. Let's start from Matthew chapter 5, shall we? The first thing I want to point out to you is that the Bible says, seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. But it says, and seeing the multitudes. So you know what we're going to do next, don't you? What is the and connecting with? Matthew 4 starts with him going into the wilderness, being tempted by the devil, defeating that attempt on his destiny via the preceding word. Coming back in verse 12, into Galilee from the wilderness. He moves from Nazareth, which is in Galilee, to Capernaum. Uh, into the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. In so doing, he fulfills the book of Isaiah, the prophecy in Isaiah, chapter 9. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee. In essence, this is how Jesus starts his ministry he starts his ministry by making reference to the theme and the content of most of the preaching from the summit last year the people which sat in darkness saw great light to them which sat in the region and shadow of death light is sprung up in essence the fulfillment of that word was jesus's ministry beginning so this word wasn't fulfilled when he was born. It wasn't fulfilled when he came into the earth. It wasn't fulfilled at 12 when he walked into the temple and asked questions. It wasn't fulfilled at Jordan when the heavens opened. It was not fulfilled when he went into the wilderness. This scripture was fulfilled when he began his public ministry. In essence, Jesus's ministry is the, is the explanation of this scripture. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. To them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Now, I taught this at Northampton last year, at my sister Bishop Juliet's church in December, that this particular region was called the region of the shadow of death. But I digress. In essence, Jesus went into literally, literally, the front line of demonic activity in his region, in his generation. The same way in Matthew chapter 18, when the Bible talks about pointing to a rock and saying the gates of hell will not prevail. If you understand the geography of the Middle East, that rock was a physical structure at Caesarea Philippi. And the gates of hell were the nickname for the area in which the rock was. In essence, Jesus began his march to the cross by directly defying the capital of hell. He went to the doorstep of Satan's activity and, and threw down a gauntlet, a gauntlet, partially to provoke Satan into stupidly 
helping him fulfill his assignment in essence satan helped jesus fulfill his assignment by killing him and that was part of the plan but the point i'm making is that the the beginning the inception of the dealings of heaven in any season any generation any family any life any ministry will always involve a direct confrontation with hell when god wants to start something he doesn't wait for the battle to come to him in the seasons of preparation god is defensive are you listening to me in the seasons of preparation god tells joseph take jesus into the wilderness there is a season of your life where hell is after you and god is more concerned with pre protecting you because he's preparing you when they came out of egypt holy spirit so just having a conversation with the love of my soul thank you thank you thank you thank you Lord, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. He tells Israel, when, it, Moses, when, it, when he tells Moses when Israel comes out of Egypt, he says, don't go directly to the promised land because the people have not seen war. He takes them a long route, in essence. In that, on that journey, they are being attacked by, by people like Amalek, the nation of Amalek. Every war they fight for a season is defensive. But when it's time to go into the promised land, it becomes an offensive show. In essence, the seasons of God's beginnings are marked by direct confrontation. God says, we are not going to wait for Satan to come to us. We're going to go down to, up. Oh, sorry, according to Uncle Ron Kenali, to the high places and tear the, the devil's kingdom down. Jesus moves into the region called the shadow of death. He starts his earthly campaign, the beginning of his season of Bokar. He goes to the spot, or one of the spots where hell has a beachhead. And he says, Satan, come, let's go. This is a gauntlet. And that's why beginnings are dangerous if you do not understand the principles of spiritual connectivity and the rules of engagement. Because at the beginning of a season of destiny, God will be looking for a fight. If you are on his side, you are roped into that fight. It doesn't matter whether or not you want to fight. In fact, he will provoke you. The Bible says of Samson, let's go there. Let me show you this. Let's go to the book of Judges. Chapter, let's see now, Judges, I think it's chapter 14. Right, let's find this real quick. Judges, I want to show you this real quick. 
I think I passed it already. Uh, one second. Yeah, I passed it. Judges, four, it's 14. Oh, yes. Verse 4. Look at this. But his father and mother knew not that it was of the Lord. Now, this is the story. Samson goes on to Timnath. He finds a wife. He shouldn't be, but he finds a wife. He wants her. His mother and father asked to go contract the marriage, right? And then his parents are wondering... Samson, you're Nazarene, you're Nazarite, you're an Israelite. Why are you getting involved with a Philistine woman? Verse 4 gives us a, see, for those of you who attack Samson, and yes, Samson is a character with many flaws, but this verse here is a verse you must contend with in your theology. His father and mother knew not that it was of the Lord. Listen, that he, he, the Lord, sought an occasion against the Philistines. So there is, a, there is a world in which Samson could still have been attracted to this woman and not have ended up blind and dead by keeping his vows. The initial attraction was a move of God. Now, Samson's lack of character unraveled his destiny. But the initial impetus, the Bible says, was God sought an occasion against the Philistines. There are seasons where God takes the fight to the enemy. And if you are on the Lord's side, you must be prepared and ready to take the fight to the enemy. Can I get a witness, somebody? I just realized you can't see this, can you? Sorry. Judge chapter 4. I just realized you, you weren't looking at this. The Lord and his mother, his father's mother knew not that it was of the Lord. Sorry about that. That the Lord, he the Lord sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Chapter 4, sorry. Matthew chapter 4. He goes to the region of the shadow of death because his ministerial assignment is to be the fulfillment of the scripture, to be this great light. There are many of us who are called in this season to be a great light, a great light to a family, a great light to a region, a great light to a generation. Well, I'm warning you, the Spirit of the Lord will lead you and me into the region 
and the shadow. Two words, the region and the shadow. This is one of the reasons why the need for alignment and for the wrestling with the preceding word is so important, but also why the economy of the supernatural is also so important because we will be contending with things that are so significant in their effect that it would be unfair of God for them to be able to discern us and not be on us not to be able to discern them. If I am called to wrestle with the spirit of Britannia in this season, if I am called to be a great light that God uses to dethrone this age-old principality, it cannot be fair that this principality can interact with me and I cannot interact, in essence, it can interact in the realm in which I dwell and I cannot interact in the realm in which it dwells. So heaven will, by necessity, have to upgrade my spiritual technology to be able to discern, see, hear, and function in a realm that makes it easy or easier for me to be a law enforcement officer in dealing with this level of reality. If you're with me, say amen. Also notice that when Jesus goes to that region, the first thing he does is not to begin to heal per se, he begins to preach. We looked at this yesterday, that the economy of God's power, glory, wisdom, and might is usually communicated or installed first through his promises and instructions. He begins to preach and say, repent. Adjust your frame of reality. Why? Help me, Holy Spirit. Strengthen me, Lord. Why should you repent? Because there is a kingdom that is at hand. This word kingdom is the Greek word basilia. And Basilia is not talking about a jurisdiction primarily. It's talking about the authority to rule that jurisdiction. Royal power, kingship, dominion, or rule. See, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right authority to rule over a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is not so much talking about the physical heaven or even about the, the, the jurisdiction in the earth that heaven controls per se. It literally means the authority of heaven. The right of heaven, the right of the spirit world to govern something. It literally means the, the, sorry, the exousia, the authority that the spirit realm or heaven has at its disposal. Now, Jesus is saying many things here. The phrase, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is saying many things. But there are at least three that I want us to look at. At least three things that are being said here. The first is that heaven has authority. Think about that. Heaven has a kingdom. 
I don't mean heaven has a jurisdiction. That's, that's obvious. I mean, heaven has an ability to govern. Y'all are too quiet in the comment section. Let me know. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk. To me. I, I want to know you're following me. This is important. Heaven has a right to exercise authority. Heaven has an ability. In essence, heaven is not benign. Heaven, heaven, is, not, heaven is not a teddy bear. Heaven has power. Heaven has authority. Heaven can cause an effect in the earth, is what it's saying, first of all. If you do not understand that, then you're in trouble. That heaven has authority. In essence, there are technologies, there are systems by which heaven can bring its agenda to bear on the earth. And hear me, the Bible usually refers to heavens, Shamayim in the Hebrews, uh, Uranus in the Greek, as plural. In essence, there are heavens. <sighs> Help me out. Hold, hold on a second, somebody. In essence... There are multiple dimensions of the spirit realm that have the ability to exercise their agenda in the earth. And if you are not conscious of that, you will be a victim for the rest of your life. The Bible says that when Nebuchadnezzar was proud, let's go there, let's go there, let's go there. I, 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 I'm going to take my time this morning. I'm going to take my time. Let's go to the book of Daniel, shall we? Chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. If we don't finish, we don't finish. I'd rather do some of it well than all of it patchwork. Daniel chapter 4. So we know the story. Nebuchadnezzar here has been arrogant and proud. And a decision has been taken in the heavens. Listen. A decision has been taken in the heavens. Look at this. Verse, let's see now. Ooh. Mm, where are we? Come on. Help me, Holy Spirit. Verse, ah, yes. Verse 17. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand. Someone say demand. Someone say decree. Not suggestion, 
demand and decree. There are a class of beings called watchers and holy ones, and they demanded and decreed. They demanded and decreed. A man is about to spend seven years as a beast. See, listen, there are seasons of your life that were wasted, listen, because a certain class of beings made a demand. Because God's holy ones are not the only spiritual entities that can make a demand. God's heaven, the Bible says the heavens, the highest heavens belong to God. So there's more than one kind of heavens. That a group of spiritual entities made a decision and for seven years a human being was acting like a goat. Have there been seasons of your life where you look back and think, man, I was just, my life, my life just amounted to little more than a beast in this season. Uh, we, this could be why. That the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and gives it to whom so innocence, that kingdom, that authority can be delegated to a man. But remember where it's coming from. And in verse 26, they exp Daniel explains it properly, right? Daniel explains it fully in verse 26, what is going on here. And he says, Whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, colon, semicolon, thy kingdom shall be shown unto thee. Listen, after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. So the first point of that statement, the kingdom of heaven, is the fact that the heavens have the authority to govern the earth. The heavens do rule. Remember Genesis chapter 1. Let's go there. Genesis 1 first explains to us what the heavens in Genesis 1 are. The firmament, where the sun, moon, the stars, and all these things, what we call the second heavens, right? Okay. It then tells us in verse 14, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. So to, 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 to govern seasons. Seasons are governed from the heavens. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Let them be for light in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth. Arise, shine, for your light has come. In essence, the things that affect the earth are governed from the unseen realm. So when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand the first thing he is making clear to you is this heaven has a kingdom i don't mean a jurisdiction heaven has the authority heaven has the right to exercise authority are you with me very important the second thing being said here is that that authority the demonstration of that authority that heaven has is very close. In essence, Jesus is saying a season is about to come where it will be obvious that heaven has authority in the earth. In essence, the days are near where 
Only an idiot would doubt that there are spiritual realities that govern natural activities. Let me know if you follow. Jesus is saying repent because very soon that dominion of heaven on the earth is about to be demonstrated. And he spent three and a half years demonstrating that dominion. Jesus' entire ministry was a demonstration that the heavens do rule. He showed us what it looks like when a human being has received the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' life on earth was an example of how you can superimpose divine realities. Whew. Is somebody getting this? Jesus is showing you that you don't have to just accept and be conformed like we looked at last night to this world. That you don't have to just lie down and take what life gives you. That there is a platform called heaven from which you can exercise basilia, authority. And he was telling them, if you are, okay, okay, that's the number three. He was telling them the days of the demonstration of heaven's government in the earth are nigh. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Some of us in this season will make it clear. See, in this season, some of us will end the debate as to whether or not the supernatural ended with the apostles in the book of Acts. I look forward to healing the children of cessationists. I look forward to prophetically giving guidance to cessationists in ways that they cannot deny God must have revealed to me. I hear me somebody. I look forward to medical doctors who are cessationists being the ones to document and affirm the healings that God will do through my hands. I look forward to cessationists watching the rise of my life via the glory of God and understanding that donkeys like me don't get to places like God is about to take me if there is no supernatural activity at play. I look forward to Muslims coming to Christ because they encounter a, super, a, a, a supernatural expression of God via my life and my ministry. But listen, the third thing Jesus is saying here is, this economy works as a kingdom. Hence the word for the year, government. You cannot wield a kingdom if you are not part of the government of that kingdom. This level of dominion and authority does not work by chance or by association merely. It is called a kingdom because there is a government to it and so to wield it 
you must be. And that's why if you go back to Daniel, the word watchers and holy ones, right? Kedushi, Kedushim, literally means a parliament. That's why we're called saints in the New Testament. The elect, we taught this for the whole of it is written. Now, if you, for those of you who were, who joined us this year, we ended, oh, Chris, if you guys have deleted that banner, okay, that's fine. We spent 40, if you, if you still have it, can you put it up on the screen uh, in, in the studio for me? We spent 40 days teaching some things because we knew we were going to need them this year. Every night for 40 days, we opened the word of God and went deep. In essence, to be a part of this economy, Jesus is saying, you must be a part of the government of this kingdom. And he's telling you that the way you enter this government is you repent. Let us look at that word repent real quick. Just, it, it, it's a summary of what we looked at. Okay, Holy Spirit, no? Okay, no, that's fine, no time. The word repent, I'll just show you. The word repent is the word metanoia, right? Metanoia. It simply talks about what we spoke about yesterday. It's the pro... Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Okay, okay, thank you, thank you. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Metanoia, right? To change one's mind, to change one's mind heartily to amend the abhorrence for... Okay, so notice again, it's a mind thing. It's, it's the process of recalibrating your mind. Meta means you know, um, different, right? Meta means different, and neo means to perceive with the mind, to understand, to have understanding, to ponder, to consider. It means pr literally to renew your mind, to change the reality of how you think, function, decide, and move. It literally is what we spoke about the last two nights, of coming to the, lo allow coming to the Logos and allowing that Logos recalibrate your reality. Jesus says, if you do that, then you become a candidate for this government. And notice the next thing he does is he goes to start recruiting members of this cabinet. The very next thing he does after saying that is he goes recruiting. And I want to show you real quickly with the rest of the time I have that the process of his, his recruiting is a very deliberate and enlightening process. Thank you, Lord. Chris, let's go back. Let's go back. So this is how he recruits. This is how he recruits. Where are we? Okay, there we are. So he's walking by the Sea of Galilee. He goes to the sea. He goes to the water. He goes to the place where business is done in the deep. And he sees two brothers casting their net into the sea. He meets them doing their J-O-B and he calls them into their destiny. He says, follow me and I will make you. Follow me. He doesn't say, I will make you then follow me. He says, follow me. And I, meaning the whole 
point of following, listen, is not to get to a destination, but it is to be made. Now, we will get to a destination, but the journey is designed to... See, I can take you to the destination immediately. God can snap his fingers and you end up where you should end up. So the whole point of the following is that there is a making. The journey is the construction process. And notice that straight away, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately, they responded to the preceding word and they followed him. He then says, as he was moving on, he saw two other brothers in a ship with their father, mending their nets. Notice, Peter and Andrew were casting their nets. James and John were mending their nets. One set of brothers was actively fishing. The other set had finished. And in both cases, they left and followed him immediately. Now, I want you to ask yourself, what must the pregnancy of his voice have been? To where two Hebrew men, and the Hebrew culture is very patriarchal and very respectful for fatherly authority. Bible says they left the ship and their father. James, Peter and Andrew left their nets. Now, I want to ask you a question. They were casting their net into the sea. And then they left their nets. It means they left the net in the sea. It means literally they, they cast the net, right? They were casting it. Either they left it in the sea or in the boat. But in essence, it means they literally left the net where it was and followed him. These guys didn't just leave their nets. These guys went a step further. They left their ship. Now we know Peter. <laughs> anyway, I digress. They left their ship and their father. So we see here a picture of leaving what they are com what they are comfortable with what they are used to what they've always known and like abraham come out of your father's house and what has birthed them in essence their natural paternity the things that have shaped who they are the things that they have known they would have grown up as if, if you were born into a family of fishers you would have been fishing since you could stand everything about their so to follow jesus to be made into their destiny they have to say goodbye to what has made them who they are up until this point in the natural realm. Let me know if you're following me. And then he goes about all Galilee with these four, teaching, preaching, and healing. He's teaching, he's preaching, he's healing. To teach is to explain the counsel of God. To preach is to declare the counsel of God. You, you teach to break it down. You preach to declare it. So preaching is a hammer. Teaching is a scalpel. Both are needed. There are times where you don't need to explain too much. You just need to declare it. There are times where it's in the declaration that God moves. There's times where it's in the explanation that God moves. But in all cases, there was a healing and supernatural power. In essence, he begins to demonstrate the kingdom of God. His fame goes throughout Syria. They bring to him sick people and he heals them. And there follows him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis. Decapolis means an area of 10 cities and Jerusalem and Judea and beyond Jordan. So the crowds begin to gather. 
But remember, he has four disciples at this point that have left everything to come with him. And the process began by him first saying, repent. The demonstration of heaven's authority is about to be on hand. We then go to Matthew chapter 5. He then says, seeing the multitude. In essence, it was when he saw these multitudes. Right? Seeing these multitudes. In essence, when he saw that what he was doing was having an effect, he says, hey, I don't just want to grow a large following here. I need to explain to you people, because you guys have been, you're being attracted to the demonstration of heaven's government. So let me explain heaven's constitution. Notice now, he doesn't try to explain heaven's constitution until he has first demonstrated heaven's government. You see this? We try to do it in reverse. He first puts it on display. Then he says, let me explain it. And he starts with the Beatitudes. The first, the foundation, right, are the Beatitudes. Ten blesseds. Complete blessing. Ten. In essence, he's saying the foundation of this constitution is the blessing, not what you call not a house or car, the blessing, the, the state of being blessed. Right? And there are ten dimensions, ten or ten, ten, ten legs upon which this foundation stands. Number one, poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In essence, this is the entrance. Poverty of spirit. Right? And then number 10, being able to accept. Sorry, number nine, sorry, was again being persecuted for righteousness sake. Both of them, number one and number nine, have the promise of the kingdom of heaven. Let's look at these two. And then I'll call it quits today. I could go on, but I'll call it quits today after looking at this too. And we'll pray. So, Nottingham, you guys get ready to lead us in prayer. All right? Get ready to come in. Even if you can't come in with a video, get ready to come in and lead us in prayer. I'll continue from this the next time I teach. It might be Wednesday at the quorum or next week, Sunday, whenever. But I'm going to get here and I'm going to wrap it up. Like I said, I'd rather do a little well and rush through it and butcher it so in the 10 blessed there are two of them right that specifically promise the kingdom of heaven the 10th promises your reward being great in heaven but two of them specifically promise as their reward the kingdom of heaven the first is being poor in spirit in verse 3. And the second in verse 10 is being persecuted for righteousness sake. Let's look at them very quickly. I'll just go through them very quickly and then I'll go into more detail next week or the next time I teach. Let's look at the Greek. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. The word poor is the word tokos, and spirit is pneuma. Poor, tokos, means destitute of something reduced to begging look that that's the bit you need to understand to be reduced to begging 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 helpless powerless to accomplish an end ladies and gentlemen in other words it's the word insufficiency insufficient of course, the word pneuma means literal spirit, right? Literal spirit. Literal spirit, right? Ruach slash Elohim. Unseen realm. Spirit realm. Okay, so the Bible says here that there are a group of people who are critically aware of how not sufficient they are in the spirit realm they become beggar in essence they they're so aware of their destituteness of the spirit in essence they're so aware of the fact that they are helpless in the spirit that they become aggressive in begging there is a desperation that takes a hold of them when they come to the realization that if heaven does not help them they will be at the mercy of the spirit realm they literally become shameless beggars for spiritual assistance i don't mean they beg other human beings i mean they go to the source of the throne of grace they're so aware of their of their of, of the fact that there ain't nothing special about them spiritually they know what they lack they know what they don't have that it drives them to a place of beggarliness before god the Bible says it is to these people that God gives a dimension of the authority of heaven. And so one of the functions of the preceding word, the rema, and even the graphe of God is to be a mirror that shows you, like I spoke about yesterday, when God begins to speak, it's designed to create in you a sense of, boy, <laughs> no, I can't. God says, yes, now we're ready. In essence, the arrogant, the complacent, and the self-sufficient have no place in this economy. I told you, we're just going to summarize today. Break it down next time. Secondly, he says, blessed are they which are persecuted. So half of the equation is being poor in spirit. A sense of your insufficiency in the spiritual reality and economy and you're responding to that by literally becoming an aggressive beggar holding on like but like bartimaeus bartimaeus is a perfect example the bible says he cried out the more son of david have mercy on me the second half is blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake to god be the glory The word persecuted is dioko. We looked at this and it is written. Dioko means what? 
to put to flight, to drive away, to press on figuratively of one who in a race suffers or runs swiftly to reach the goal, to pursue in a hostile manner, in whatever way to harass, trouble, or molest. Right? Okay. This has, and of course, the word righteousness here is the word diakusini. It means the state of being acceptable to God in the new covenant via the sacrifice of Christ. Now hear me. This scripture is a double entendre. It's what in gra English grammar we call a double entendre. It has two meanings. The first is obvious. It means that you are ready to suffer pain for the sake of holding on to what God desires and demands. Did you hear that? You're ready to suffer pain so that you can meet God's standard. Let me repeat. You are ready to suffer pain. You're ready to be disgraced, embarrassed, mistreated. You're ready to not get what you could get by exercising your rights and your wisdom. You're, you're ready to live beneath, below your means financially, spiritually, emotionally. You're ready to suffer loss. You're ready to go through the wounding of your flesh and your ego, if necessary, to meet God's requirement. That's the obvious one. And that's true. That's the, that's the first of the double entendre. The second is, if you put Dioko and Daikusuni together, Remember, in the Greek, it just simply says, let's look at this now. Let's look at this. It just simply says, listen, blessed are they which dioko heneka daikusoni. Dioko doesn't just mean to suffer persecution or to suffer hostility. It also means yourself to be hostile. It's used in the New Testament about taking hold of something sometimes, Right? It means you pursue something with extreme hostility. You put pressure on the thing. Now, the word Heneka is the reason I say it's a double entendre. Look. Heneka means on account of, because of, therefore, for this reason. Right? Okay. It means, or the second of the double, the second part of the entendre is that you aggressively and hostilely pursue what will meet God's standard. It means you treat righteousness as, as something to be aggressively afflicted. Help me out. It means you are unrelenting in your pursuit of God's will, God's plan, and God's agenda. It means you will stop at nothing to arrive in your life and through your life at what meets God's expectation. The Bible says to this person is the kingdom of heaven. Of course, and the double entendre is obvious. Your level of hostility in pursuing righteousness will determine what you are willing to suffer to be righteous. The Bible says the person 
who, verse 3, is poor in spirit, so aggressively aware of their insufficiency that they become an aggressive beggar for grace, and who in that process becomes a hostile pursuer of the will of God and the agenda of God and the state in and through their lives that meets his standard. You put those two things together, you receive a gift called the kingdom of heaven. In essence, the ability to wield heaven's authority in the earth. I will break this down further when next I teach here. But for tonight or for this afternoon, as we come to a close, I want you to open your mouth and begin to cry unto God and say, Lord, in this season, help me secure the kingdom of heaven. Give me grace to truly metanoia, repent, for my reality to be adjusted. Help me to be poor in spirit. Let a beggarly aggression rise in me as a result of my awareness of where I don't meet up to your grace and give me the strength to aggressively pursue the state that meets your expectation and your will. Somebody open your mouth and begin to pray. Not in them over to you. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Shaningoria kabadi etolia masaka tebele kotoni mahatia. Shele kuman tebeketi. Lamurente kitafatia. Sureborende kilabradosh nahakati labadi. Pas norende brakile kurata ninge debedia. Zebre tomza ilingutia balatia. Father, we want to repent, O oh God. Let's begin to pray. The precursor of God's authority is our repentance. We can't pray for His authority, we have to repent for it. Let's begin to say, God, in this new year, in this new season, we want to repent. We don't ask for the kingdom. We repent for it. Let a desperation arise in us. Libra sikala baba 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 zeka libra sikala baba 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 marika la baba 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 we need to repent and many times when we hear repentance we automatically assume it's about sin but sometimes it's to change our mindset change what has brought us to be where we are now for what god wants to do we need to let go we need to repent not just of sin but what has brought us to where we are now father in this new year we want to walk in your authority. Lebra sika la brase korokondo. Lebra sika la bababa. We want to legislate, oh God, as members of the heavenly parliament. Lebra sika la brase korokondo. 
Come on, let's begin to pray. Let's begin to say, God, we want to repent. Whatever has raised you to be where you are at now, whatever experience you have had that has shaped your reality. For some of us, it is our, our past revelation of God, our past experiences that we've had with God. For God to do a new thing, we need to forget that which was. Behold, He will do a new thing. We position ourselves and we repent to God. Father, we repent today, God. We want your kingdom, God. To have authority in our lives. The next thing I just want us to pray. I want us to pray that God's kingdom can have authority in our lives. That God's kingdom can reign in us. Before God can move through us, he has to move in us. Many times we want God to work in our families. In the things and areas that he has called us to. And sometimes we forget that God has to possess us. He's not just Savior. He is Lord. Let's begin to open our mouth and pray. May the kingdom of God take over us. May the kingdom of God take over us. Father, today we declare that you are Lord. Makalebe, you're the one that has supreme authority over our lives. Lekore diskata, makazeto, le ba 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 ba. In this new season, likaraba, possess us. Let your authority have your have its way in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Before God can move through us, He has to move in us. Before we can possess the land, God needs to possess us. Ah, we declare in 2023 there will be no struggle. God will be able to easily possess us. God will easily be able to possess us in the name of Jesus. Maka reke rundo dogo sitalabande rekala baba 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 for God to have authority over territories, He needs to possess His bride. Rekala baba 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 zeko rika dere sikala basata. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray. Let's have a desperation. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Let us pray like people that know we lack some stuff. Some of us are praying like we have it all together. Begin to pray with a desperation. 
and say, God, possess me. Begin to pray with the desperation, like people with the propensity to just sin and to be flawed and to make wrong decisions. Begin to pray, Father, possess us. Let the kingdom of God possess us. For the kingdom of God to have authority over Britannia. God needs to possess a people. We will embrace the process in the name of Jesus. We will embrace the process. We will not just idolize the destination, but Father will embrace what you're trying to do in us, oh God. What you're trying to kill in us, oh God. Who you want us to become? Meka ebrasika abrasita labasete ikalabandere robo soto. Come on, begin to pray like you're desperate. It is not about where we're going, but it's it's about who we're being conformed into. Eka la ba 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 ba. Zeka rebra suko robo sete. Makare kalabasete. La ba 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 ba. For it is not about the destination. It is not about the outcome. It's about who God is trying to make us into. And just one second, just to hammer this point down, I just want us to, to, to pray, having Abraham in mind, that he was given a promise. And God is not so much concerned about the manifestation of the promise as he is about the person you're becoming. That's how Abraham was able to produce Ishmael. Because it was not about Isaac. It's about the man that could be able to birth a generation. 
a person that God could use as a template to a generation. So let's begin to pray and say, God, we want to embrace the process in 2023. We even repent from that mindset of idolizing the destination and the results and the outcome. Father, begin to allow us to fall in love with the process because that's the only way we will become like you. Oh, Father, we will embrace the process in the name of Jesus. We will embrace the process. We will become this year, God. We will not just do. We will become this year. We will not just do. Maka erebrestuto, baka lebresita, makia bradasika alabraseto, lemande robosata, maka zete, eka labraseto, maka rekende robosoto. Father, our lives will give you glory. Eka labra, we will look like you, oh God. Makia brada, we will look like you, Father. We will look like you, Father. Makazete ikarabande robosoto rekizata labraseto rokondo irisata labranda in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Father, we will become in the name of Jesus. Maka rekizata. Makia brada lekende de robosata lemande de robosuko ekre branda eresete makia brande riasoto makare de soto lobrosoto we will become in the name of Jesus lemande rakosoto ekre brande maka erebrezuto labraseto makazete Makazeto, reba mamanderia sata, makia brada sata, makazete rika labandere robosoto, raba seto brondo robosata, makazeto robosoto rika labandere robosata, makazeto robosoto rekete robosoto. I just want to say this very quickly. If it was about the outcome, if it was about the destination, then. Esther would have been able to make it with all the other women because technically speaking, they all went through the same process, quote-unquote process. But God is looking for the transformation that comes from the process. And that's what God is looking for. So this year, we'll not just be focusing on the outcome. We'll not just be focusing on where we're going on or what God has promised us. But we're going to be focusing on who we are. God is molding us to be. So I want us to pray with Esther in mind and to embrace the process, dying to some stuff, regardless of what people will say, 
it is not always appealing when we're going through the process. People will say, how come you've been serving God for this long, but there is nothing to show? I want us to begin to pray. We will embrace the process in the name of Jesus. We will approach you with desperation, O God. We'll embrace who we are becoming, O God. We'll embrace who you are molding us into in the name of Jesus. Maka lebreseko, lemanderia soto, reka lebresuko ebresuto lobrosata. Makazeto, mold us, transform us, O God. Cause us to be men and women that you can use as a template. Oh, thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So let it be as we have spoken in your ears, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back this evening for the first day of the consecration journey from 7 p.m. Come ready. I don't care about the outcome of the I am more concerned with the person that you we'll want also to be streaming to YouTube at Zoom. Come on, begin to surrender. Begin to surrender. Every outcome, everything that you want to ジェイコロスコーンのメッセージ。ジェイコロスコーンのメッセージ。ジェイコロスコーンのメッセージ。ジェイコロスコーンのメッセージ。ジェイコロスコーンのメッセージ。ジェイコロスコーンのメッセージ
Uh, but we're looking forward to being able to go into a new facility so we can carry on where we left off in spreading the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. Again, if you were not around earlier on, the details on how to give are in the description of the video on whatever platform you're watching on. Uh, they'll also be on your screen. We encourage you to give to the Lord as he directs and as your heart moves you. And we pray the blessing of a thousand times more as you do so father i speak your blessing upon everyone today as we pursue you in the season may we find you and may we find the kingdom of heaven we give you praise and glory in jesus name have an amazing afternoon see everybody at 7 p.m for the week of apostolic emphasis uh actually before you go just stick around for a little bit we got some announcements to play for you and once we do that we'll be able to leave bless you take it away chrissy hi everyone my name is Peniel, and i'll be bringing you this week's announcements we have prayer watches going on throughout the week with the aim of 24 7 prayers it's open to anyone and everyone Monday to Friday. We gather together to pray at 6.30 a.m., at 12 p.m. and at 7 p.m. on Zoom and YouTube. If you would like to join us, if you would like to be part of what we are doing here at Prayer Culture, please do so by our Telegram channel or contact the team on prayerculture at kculture.org. Our consecration journey begins. It starts today up until the 14th of January. Only for one week, people. Only for one week. So please do join us. Please do join us at 7pm as we gather together to pray. We will be rounding up with the forge, which is at 10am until 10pm. And that will be our 12 hours of prayer. A reminder that we go out to evangelise every last Sunday of the month in our cities. And please stay tuned for where we will be meeting. Please see the given details, which will be on your screen now and in the description of this video. Don't forget to specifically reference where you're given to. For example, if you would like to give towards our Kingdom Builders, our Kenya Orphanage or our ministers, please, please don't forget to do so. Right, that's it for the announcements today. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And yeah, if you haven't done so already, spend time with God and plan your year and also spend time with your family. Once again, thank you for joining us and I hope you have a blessed week. Bye. I'm a test
What the Lord has
This is my song. 